Welcome to the conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galina. Hello. And Henrietta, we are we are trying a new format. <laughs> We're trying a new format here because we are living in a new world. As a new world called isolation. Uh, it's called isolation. <laughs> yeah. I think probably most of our listeners um, across the globe are impacted by this pandemic. So we are looking at alternative measures to get information to you. And you would likely be getting a lot more information from us during this time because so much in our life is impacted in fashion and certainly beyond. A hundred percent. Yeah, there's, there's little more to do, shall we say. <laughs> there's, there's little more to do, but a lot, a lot to discuss. Yeah. And for this issue, for this coronavirus issue, let's call it, um, we're going to be discussing coronavirus and fashion. I mean, there's so many, um, there's so many subsets of the conversation, but we're going to kind of go in on the overarching conversation, the big picture discussion on how fashion has been and continues to be impacted by the coronavirus. Never mind, how, uh, most importantly, I think, how it's going to be impacted in the future. Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, um, even though this has been something that has been going on in China and elsewhere for months, you know, since December, I'm blindsided by how this is all unfolded. I think um, it just seems every day and every hour there is a new um, a challenge, you know, like we've never really seen a shutdown of day-to-day life like this even outside of fashion um it's just it's weird to think about the ways in which it it has quite literally impacted every single being almost it seems on this planet just before uh we got online I was actually just talking to a friend of mine who is doing fertility treatment and apparently in New York they've halted all infertility treatment and freezing of eggs because they don't know what impact that's going to have on the process. Um, Mothers, you know, mothers-to-be now have to give birth by themselves because of the idea of um, any kind of uh, partners or visitors passing that onto the baby or the the mother or people at the hospital. Like, it just seems to be infiltrating everything. And it's, it's really stunning. It's stunning. It, it truly is. It, it, it truly is. And I don't think, well, maybe some experts will will say that they, they could have um, anticipated this and predicted this. But I have to say, when that lockdown took place in China, I, I, I felt that the world should get on alert and that this could be a situation that could impact us in such a profound yeah. way. And I have to say, it has swept the globe in it's so swiftly, so swiftly. And our lives are irrevocably uh, changed. A hundred percent. And I, th- I kind of raised that point about how it's really impacted all of us from fertility through to means of income, you know, children getting their daily meals at school. Like, it, I, I kind of preface with that because I think one of the things that I'm really grappling with is what is the role in fashion in all of this? I think we'll obviously talk about the challenges that the industry's faced. But it's really interesting to actually really look at these hard hit uh, challenges 
um, that have impacted our day to day. And then it's interesting because you it, you've got just got a very different vantage point all of a sudden when you think about fashion. And as someone who has um, been in the industry, you know, hard to build a career over the last fifteen plus years in this one industry. Even my vantage point has exponentially changed over the last few days. You know, just like looking at at the global impact of this. And how and how could it not? Um, I, I'm suggesting, Henrietta, that we start we start at the the beginning, if there is a beginning to this conversation. And what I I was thinking to essentially identify the ways that fashion has been been impacted, and essentially. The economics of fashion, well, economics full stop is almost ground to a standstill. It's like there is some sort of like self-induced economic coma due to the due to the, to the interruption of supply chain. And I think at the beginning of this is that the supply chain for the fashion industry and certainly a lot of other industries has ground to almost a halt, almost to zero. Is mm-hmm. that not so? Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously retail has shut down. Um, so that's come to a, a literal halt. Um, and then you have these different layers, factories switching gears to manufacture masks and protective clothing for medical staff, uh, which is quite frightening because actually Celine, maybe we had dinner maybe four weeks ago, maybe. And she was talking about the coping economy and how designers would have to really switch gears and manufacturers and and factories would have to switch gears to help reconcile the impact of climate change. And it's almost like everything she sort of predicted for this doomsday scenario has really very quickly come true. Um, And remind our our audience who Celine is, uh, Henrietta. um, Celine Sanam, who is... um, a wonderful climate change and sustainability uh, advocate. So she is the founder of Slow Factory and uh, Study Hall. And we had her on the podcast um, a few episodes ago to talk about sustainability in fashion and how realistic is that and what steps need to be taken. Um, And, yeah, I mean... Going back to how everything's been impacted in the industry, you know, you see really great stories of how these factories are shifting gears, companies are investing to help. Um, And then just the fact that people are not shopping, surprise, surprise, they're not buying fashion. They're focused on buying essentials, whether it's, you know, essentials for their kids, food, stockpiling, prescriptions, just not knowing what's going on over the next few months. People are really focusing on the key essentials and hopefully being mindful about deliveries being for essentials and not for, I guess, quote unquote, superfluous reasons. So as a result, you know, fashion is is quite literally taking a nosedive, uh, retail being closed, and then e-com, direct-to-consumer, website sales are just tanking, which is really problematic um, and causing a lot of trouble, as I know firsthand. Well, you started out with um, the charity or the pivot that some companies have had to make, um, fashion companies have had to make in this climate from switching from manufacturing clothes to manufacturing masks, for example. Mm-hmm. But I, I still even want to go back to, to, to uh, closer to the beginning to, to explain 
why that is so. I mean, I mentioned that the the supply chain has been completely interrupted, but we have to we have to spell out what that means, Henrietta, and really what has brought them to this point. I mentioned the the complete interruption, the sort of shutdown of the supply um, the supply chain. Well, what that means is that all from all the shows that took place in New York, in London, in Paris, and Milan, right before the shutdown, all of those garments that were set to be manufactured, produced, and delivered to stores um, from the through, from the fall, really from the summer going forward, all of that is dead in the waters. All of those shows that were upcoming, the cruise shows from the Chanel's and the Prada's and all those brands that have been doing those global shows across the, the, the world, have been doing those global shows for the last few years, they are now completely canceled. And along with that, people are also being let go. So there is a compounding issues that are really just forcing fashion into a complete dead stop. And luckily, some brands have the capability, the resources um, that they're able to, in like war times, are able to pivot and to do something that the country and culture needs right now. Yeah, I think it's definitely a two-pronged approach because I think that obviously um, for those who can help, it's incumbent for them to do so. We all have to do our part in this. I think the longer this goes on, the bigger the turmoil for all of us. You know, so we all have a part to play, whether it's the mandated stay home or factories and brands shifting gears to help remedy in any way that they can, whether it's making masks, um, you know, finding support, trying to get ventilators, you know, crowdsourcing or using their platform for good. I think that there are definitely ways in which the industry is trying to help. But it also, I think, from a marketing standpoint, which is obviously the lens on which I look uh, through most things, um, it gives people a reason to care about fashion and brands in a time when it just doesn't seem even like a real thing to have to do. So I think in terms of staying top of mind and making brands stand for more than just the clothes and the design and the aesthetics of it all, I think just that goodwill alone will really serve them on the back end. Well, it's actually interesting that, um, it's interesting that you have uh, seized upon the, the goodwill efforts for those brands that are able to, um, as I said, to, to pivot uh, because I feel I'm looking at the brutality that has already started and the bloodletting that's to come where brands and entrepreneurs and small business owners are not going to be able to be considerate and to be gentle about what they have to do. Like, I I, I, I love that, actually. I really love that you saw such a, a, a slice of rosiness there <laughs> because I'm looking at, like, a Game of Thrones slaughter to come. <laughs> yeah, look, I think that all of those, those things are true. I think both of it is true. I think it is literally going to be Hunger Games out there, but I also think that... Um, we're seeing the more humane side of brands that are doing the work to contribute to trying to mitigate or, you know, remedy or um, help out in any sort of way. Um, and I think that both are going to happen. I just do. Like, the the landscape has changed. I think we talk about the culling of fashion because it's very saturated. The culture of consumption has reached a point of nauseam. And I think we're seeing that culling now. I think there are definitely going to be fewer brands. I mean, we're already seeing some brands are um, reporting dire sales. We see mass layoffs already. And we're, I mean, here in New York, we're only on 
maybe week one and a half, depending on how quickly your company enforced work from home, you know, a week and a half in, a week in, we are seeing uh, insanity. Um, so it is going to be Hunger Games. It's brands are really going to fight for your attention. I think performance marketing is going to be a huge tool in everyone's arsenal to try and get those retargeted and those ads out via any platform that you spend time. I think that uh, markdown culture is going to be um, through the roof. Everyone is doing a sale. Everyone is talking about work from home uniforms. Everyone's talking about, you know, working comfort. I think that, um, yeah, that Hunger Games component is super real because I think there are essentially, my fashion is very saturated. So now is the do or die moment for many brands. And I think that um, in a weird way, it's kind of like the coronavirus. I think the brands that are um, healthy and strong and have a good immune system, and by that I mean good business leaders, uh, decent infrastructure, good manufacturing back-end practices, you know, great staff and team members who are able to be agile, think on their feet, pivot, be smart, be human, inspire security and humanity and not just superfluous sales tactics. And I think, you know, those are the brands that will win, the brands that are going to lead with culture and um, understand how to navigate the temperature of today. And I think that the brands that were already hemorrhaging money or had inventory problems or bad leadership or toxic work cultures or any of those things are going to fail pretty quickly. Um, uh, I see the parallels between how, uh, let's say, the virus impacts humans and how it will impact brands and fashion in general. Well, uh, I, 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 I appreciate all those points you have made, and I, I, I couldn't help but to think with all of the points that you made, all of them are contingent on the consumer appetite. And everything is an unknown, but that is a big unknown. After a life-changing event like this, do we go back to our regular habits or are we going to be, you know, saving more, spending less because this was such a shock to the system? Like, it's the consumer habits. And sometimes I'm wrong in this area. Sometimes it, it, it shocks me <laughs> the um, when consumers just plow through, even when markets and trends show them differently, that maybe this is the time to be a little bit more conservative. Maybe this is not the time to go deep in all this logo purchase and so on and so forth. Consumers surprise me all the time. So this is not, I'm not always right here, but I have to say this just feels like such a, like, you know, not to use this, this phrase loosely, but like a pneumonia that will last for an incredibly long time. And if consumers are smart, they would want to be cautious about their consumption going forward, not just lessen it, but shrink. Look, I think that the times when we get things wrong are largely due to, um, insight and oversight right so it's like it kind of reminds me of the 2016 election right so everyone in like the californias and and the new yorks and all of those kind of pockets were like there's no way he's going to get elected that's nuts that's usually when you're living in some sort of bubble and you just don't have the insight or the oversight to understand Mm. the temperature overall you're focused on that kind of you almost have that short-term nearsight uh notion of how things work um this is mm -hmm. global. This is this is literally a global thing where I don't think that 
you would be wrong to say that things have changed forever. And I think that people are going to spiral into debt. People are losing their jobs. People are deferring their mortgage and their credit card payments. People are not having their kids in school. People are stockpiling and and spending in the short term, not thinking about the long term. Like That is going to have lasting impacts on consumer behaviour. And ultimately, people are not going to be spending and consuming in the same way. Like, it just isn't possible. I think people with money, obviously, that's a different conversation. So let's say maybe luxury will be impacted, but might bounce back quicker because just the the profile of their customer is probably maybe not as impacted. But I think also just culturally, like, I think we're going to be attuned in a different way. I think the planet actually might catch a break because we've seen minimized um, air travel, just pollution overall because people aren't the streets, cars aren't on the street, you know, people aren't eating out, people aren't, um, I imagine, like farming in the same way. It's like, this has really shut down a lot of things. But I think to that point, people are also going to be thinking about their own habits in terms of like, on a really basic level, we're all at home realizing that we could do a lot with very little, like, you don't need all the outfits. You don't right. need all the outfits. You're rediscovering things that you didn't even know you had. You're slowing down. You're taking the time to be a bit more conscious. And I think that, that all of that will have a lasting effect on how we move going forward. I think that only in really rare cases where you have people that are just like, I'm out and about and I've got my money back and I've got a job now and I'm just going to spend, spend, spend. Like, no, that is not what's going to be happening. People are going to be reeling reeling from this definitely through the end of the year. So I think our consumer habits are going to change and therefore I think brands are going to have to think differently about how they approach their customers. It's not going to be, you know, buy a new product every day. We're launching this thing every day. It's going to be much more um, minimal at best. And um, big impact, I think, is that, or a big realization, not the big impact, but a big realization for me and I think for the larger audience is that while fashion is is not a necessity, it's not essential, uh, its impact to the wider industries is just so great. I think that interconnectivity that people see right now is 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 really tremendous. Obviously, this impacts travel in a huge way, as as whether it um it's about delivering manufactured goods or whether it's about traveling for for having meetings in Shanghai or whatever the case may be. There's just so many things that is connected to this fashion industry, shipping, so many things that I think the 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 domino effect and the fallout in other industries based on what happens or doesn't happen in fashion is going to be is going to be great. Never mind recruitment. You know, fashion has a, a huge, I mean, from from uh, uh, um, uh, attendance in stores to executives in fashion companies, we are, the industry is a huge employer across the globe. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not wrong. I mean, it's a multi-billion, if not trillion dollar industry. So the impacts and the effects will be felt if, if, the, if the business of fashion um, or the fashion industry is minimized in any way i think that's just going to have real global reach on last check i i, I read that it was thirty thousand um stores that that has closed uh, uh across the globe 
30,000 in activity. And, and also, in addition to that, malls that have multi, multi stores in them. I find that to be stunning. Because the thing about that is, I think that that could be the stimulus that it needed. I mean, retail was getting to a point where brands were just being priced out because of the price of real estate. So I'm kind of wondering if retail might actually have a bit of a renaissance or phoenix rising moment. I guess that would be more appropriate because I think people are just going to, I think landlords and all of those people are going to actually really think about like, okay, how much does rent cost? Cost per foot, it might actually be a fairly decent resetting. That feels like something that feels a bit more tangible in terms of like predicting where that can go. Obviously, that's all going to be determined by foot traffic and 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 how quickly people take to the streets, how comfortable people are. It it's hard to say no one's really going to know because no one's really no one can understand or predict right now how this will kind of curve out you know because there's also talk about once the curve gets low enough to the point where um you know this mandated stay at home um is lifted it might cause a spike again because that two percent or that you know those three people that still have the virus might then go on to affect another three and another ten and you know, and then we're kind of back where we are right now in the fall. That is one prediction that I saw recently that was quite frightening for me. Um, and obviously the idea that everyone's going to stay home until this virus is completely eradicated feels insane, although potentially likely. So I think that everything will depend on how this play out. But from a retail standpoint specifically, I see that being an opportunity to just reset because retail was too expensive anyway especially in the key markets like London, New York, Paris, et cetera. Well, um, I'm, I'm resisting from making, you know, um, statements like that, Henrietta, because I am just so uncertain about the timeline of this and, um, and, and the impact when this is all said and done. And you just said about, you, you just spoke about um, a, another wave, for example. What does another wave mean in a year from now when that wave will then have its impact um, in that time. So I just think that the forecast on this is so uncertain. It's so hazy. It can be, you know, the worst case scenario is horrible. And I don't even know if the worst case scenario is really the worst well, case yeah, scenario. Yeah, but just, so, to, um, just to interject, I, what, though, I think the biggest problem about this whole pandemic and its impact on culture, fashion, the world, is that we were all really unprepared. This is this is unprecedented. No one saw this coming. No one knew what this was. We still are trying to understand on a really basic level the virus's behaviours. Um, and I think that it, it's more about how it, like, tapers off, like, what that pattern is, I think. Or I'm optimistic that if there was a kind of wave next year we would be better prepared based on like, I don't know, having a vaccine or a cure or like whatever it is. I think the issue here is that it's unprecedented and we're truly unprepared. So, you know, business leaders are making decisions blind. I think everyone's like planning in an area of uncertainty in a way that if there was another wave on a really basic level, there would be some sort of blueprint that would allow everyone to navigate it, don't you think? I think we're getting ahead of ourselves and we're almost, you know, we're almost laying out the blueprint for uh, uh, what we do in a second wave of this. I think what I'm, what I'm focused on or thinking about in this conversation is that 
what brands who will be left standing forget the second or first or whatever wave after this when business some business can resume like you know some legitimate business can resume who's going to be left standing <laughs> what what is that going to look like never mind a second wave a second wave i can't even i can't even look at that picture that's out of my realm right now but like this first wave that we're in the middle of ex or not or in the beginning of experiencing rather i i i see how insecure this feels and I just feel that the impact at this stage is going to be huge. It's going to just be significant in terms of what's going to be, in terms of what's going to be left. And I have to tell you, you know, the carings, and we speak about them all the time in this forum, uh, the carings and the LVMH, brand, brands like those are able to maneuver. They are incredibly um, capitalized, but there are so many other brands. And we, we've, been, we've been chronicling the fallout here in this podcast. So many brands who have been falling along the wayside. We just did a podcast and all so many in Europe brands that have not been able to survive in a terrible climate. This is the worst climate imaginable. <laughs> so if you were on a thread, I'm just, I wonder how you will um, sustain business, even for the short term. But to your point about how this will fundamentally question the way that we we live, yes, I think, for, for example, in America here, yes, we're going to think about we work so hard, we go to, you know, we go to work five days a week and 40 hours and beyond, and we get this income, but yet we can only see if something, if shit hits the fan, we only have have like um, two months um, of, of, of savings to live on. Like, I think those kind of things will come into, will really be put to question about like fundamentally, how do we live as humans? And as I said, I'm looking through this through an American lens, um, but I, I think that we're going to see the fissures in our- Yeah, in our for sure. I mean, who will be left standing, I think is hard to say because I think, you know, fashion, there's so many smokes and mirrors about who's profitable and who's actually making money. And there's so much- um, there's a lack of visibility around that, particularly with privately owned companies or independent brands specifically. Um, so that is that to me is actually a much more trickier question to solve than trying to predict how this wave will end up. I think that even in terms of consumer habits, like if you make it through the pandemic, consumer habits are going to change. Like legit people are being laid off. People are losing their jobs. So even if you make it through... What does that look like on the other end? Are there still going to be people to buy your product? I don't know. There you go. Do you know what I mean? So go. it's it's, it's really interesting. And, and, you know, I don't take this lightly by any means. Like, I've definitely been personally impacted by this. Not even a week into this working from home, I've been laid off. I've, I've lost my job. So I really understand how devastating this can be. You know, obviously the health concerns are the number one challenge here, making sure that you know, people are protecting themselves and protecting the vulnerable and those who are more susceptible to the disease because it could be deadly. But the, you know, the other wave, the next wave is also people are literally losing their livelihoods. Um, I live in Williamsburg and near Greenpoint. I've already heard of three restaurants that have gone under, two daycares that have gone under. You know, there are multiple people losing their jobs. And we've only really kind of done this mandated thing for a week so <laughs> this to me yeah. is like yeah. very very serious so yeah. I don't take any of this uh sort of lightly and I I've been kind of playing out various scenarios in my mind about how could this work how could this happen and uh, I think the one thing that is almost impossible to understand is which brand's going to be left standing because you actually could be standing at the end of this 
And actually your real demise might be what happens when things quote unquote get back to normal because people still aren't shopping. So you were able to like weather the storm, but, but not beyond that. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's, there, there you go. And, um, and <laughs> we'll probably be discussing those, <laughs> those issues when that time, when that time. Who do you um, think will still be left standing? Well, you um, asked the question. I, what do you think? Well, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I'm really hesitant to be, to be too speculative because, you know, here's the thing. There are a lot of talking heads right now, Henrietta. There's a lot of opinion. People have a lot of time on their hands. So there's a lot of opinion that's being tossed about. And I just, I just don't, I, I know what I know. And, 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 and this, I don't know. I just simply do not. And I, I, I don't know if it, it serves me um, to try to uh, conjecture on this, but um, I just don't know. I just, I really, I simply don't know. I'm, I'm honestly taking this one day at a time. But as me, like yourself, however, I'm, I feel that this is so serious. I, I'm maybe seeing this a bit more grave than you are. Like I'm really, I'm looking at like depression type scenarios. If it gets to that, my feeling is that the worst case scenario is within the realm of possibility. That is how I treat it because you, in our discussion, and I'm sure a lot of our audience will understand this as well. I have some very strong and very clear views on where we are as people, where around surrounding consumption and all those sort of things. So I think that we were on a, you know, we were flying off, off the cliff like <laughs> lemmings anyway, and we really needed to reset. You know, we really needed to reset. So I have, you know, I have larger uh, ideas about sort of where we are as people, but as it pertains to this virus and the timeline and 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 so forth. I, I I just don't know. One other thing to note is that I think part of the thing that makes this really unpredictable, both about consumer behaviour and what brands will be left standing, is that people are really scared. Like they're scared. People are scared about how they're going to pay their employees, how they're going to pay their bills, how they're going to pay their rent, how they're going to pay for their kids, their childcare, their healthcare. Like how you how decisions are made and strategies are formed when you're operating from a place of fear makes this really unpredictable. Henrietta, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you, you seeing in that way, but I don't know that you can say that. <laughs> I don't know that that's what I mean. This is so unprecedented that, and we're, we are, we're professionals with a long history in this fashion game, but I don't know that we can write the script, especially in these early days. I'm not um, writing a script though. I'm just are. saying what's I, going I, to be I, really telling and the reason why we don't know is because we're all scared when we operate from fear that adds like an an extra level of uncertainty because then these decision makers and ourselves are unpredictable because we're we're panicking without doubt but however also if you do all the things right you you know you cut staff in a measured way you you know you shrink um you shrink the the, the manufacturing process whatever manufacturing taking place my my point is that even if you do things as carefully and as measured and as strategic as possible the the the, the way that businesses work is that you don't necessarily have the resources say if business does not come back in 9 months to to be able to still survive even if you went about it and you were speaking to the the same thing as well. You were saying they may be able to survive, you know, for the next six months, but what may happen next summer if something else hits? So, yes, I just think that the, 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 the it, it's a bit uh, um, far out for me to even wrap my head around. And I'm trying to wrap my head around today, I'm yeah. afraid. <laughs> So that's where I am with this, but I'm really excited to be to be discussing these things, not in a salacious way, but in a an, an informed a, a, a way as possible. Consider that none of us 
have experienced yeah, this environment definitely. before. 100%. And on that note, Henrietta, we will see you for our next podcast. We don't have our frequency quite established yet, but we will be publishing more frequently this week. Yes, absolutely. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Bye. Time for something new uh, It's our time for coming through